You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshie on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Take a 
Listening to African Perspectives, where we view the issues of our day from an African worldview and African centered perspective. This program is unapologetically African. It is a custom in the African tradition to ask elders for permission to speak, having been granted permission to our ancestors whose shoulders we stand on, to our elders whose shadows we walk in. I greet you, my dear brothers and sisters. In the language of one of the greatest civilizations on this planet, it gave the world the basic disciplines of knowledge of science, math, architecture, music, writing, law, religion, you name it, we did it. The Greeks called it Egypt, but they called themselves Kemet, and Kemet means land of the blacks. I greet you all in the Kemetic language, the word of peace, Hotep. It is truly an honor and a privilege to pour libation because we truly do stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. We're going to use water because water has no enemies. Water is the great cleanser, the great purifier. Everything on the planet that lives, it needs water from a tiny microscopic organism to a tall redwood tree. We pour water into the earth to invoke the spirits of our ancestors and we say the word ashe. It simply means so be it. So we pour this libation to God for all that God has done and for all that God will do. We sashay. We pour this libation to Mother Africa, birthplace of all humanity, everyone who has lived, everyone who will live in the future. We all have a common ancestral root in Africa. We pour this libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. I mentioned Kemet in the opening. Kemet was the height, the apex, the zenith of African high culture. But there were others as well, as Tymeri, Punt, and Nubia. So we poured us libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. We say Ashe. We poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa, of Ghana, Mali, Zangai, 
Benin, Great Zimbabwe, civilizations that were flourishing and growing while Europe was in a medieval or dark age. The University of Sankare at Timbuktu, an outstanding educational institution. So he poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashe? We poured us libation to the Ma'afa, the Holocaust of our enslavement, the Infakani, the great tragedy, uprooted out of Africa. Our brothers and sisters lay a carpet along the Atlantic Ocean. We're in North America, South America, Central America, and throughout the diaspora. So he poured us libation to our brothers and sisters who suffered the Ma'afa, the Infakani, the Holocaust of our enslavement, the great tragedy. We poured us libation in their honor and in their memory. We do not know their names, but because of them and their sacrifice, we are here. So we sashay. We poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. If you ever heard me do a libation, you will know that we were not slaves. I repeat, we were not slaves. We were captives. What does a captive want to do? Get free. So we poured us libation to all those men and women who fought against enslavement. In fact, I maintain that some of us are more of a slave today than we were in our initial captivity because some of us are a slave to vice, to corruption, to drugs, sex, and violence. So we poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. Gabriel Prosser, Nat Turner, Denmark Vesey, Harriet Tutman. We always resisted. And we will always resist. So we poured us libation in the name and the honor of those men and women who fought against our captivity. We poured us libation to those unborn, those young men and women who will once again lead us back on the stage of human history as a free and proud and productive people. We sashay. We poured us libation to brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. We need each other. We don't have good family life. There's a saying, conditions shape conduct and consciousness. The conditions in our community are bad. The conduct towards each other is not good. Because why? We lack consciousness. And consciousness is more than just awareness. Consciousness is a deeper understanding of who you are historically, who you are culturally. So once we begin to understand the importance of brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. Brothers and sisters, let us all say, Ashe, Ashe. You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Good morning. African world. You are listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawigny.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com and I am your host, Baba Oshi Hotel Family. Hope everything was well for you today. Hope you're going to have a good day today. It is Wednesday so you can get over the hump. Hope you get a chance to do all the things you want to do, should do, must do, can do, will do, and will do. Hoping the weather will be accommodating for you to do it. But of course, if it isn't, whatever the weather is and you have to do it, you know, as long as it ain't really storming out there with lightning striking and trees falling and man, 
But if it has to be done, you'll get it done and you'll do it safely. This is African Perspectives. We're here every Monday, Wednesday and Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. 10 to 12 Central, 9 to 11 Mountain, or 8 to 10 Pacific, or any other time around the world. But if you cannot listen to this program live, you can always go to our archives at timeforanawakening.com. At the top of the page, you'll see podcasts. Click on that. The drop down, you'll see African Perspectives. Click on that, and there will be programs that are dated and titled. Thanks to my good brother and friend, Brother Kwaku. He's always been doing the updating for years now. That's right. I've been in, doing this program. I've been here in Atlanta eight years, going on eight years. And I started when I was in Milwaukee before I left. So, yeah. Thank that, brother. Other programming we have here on Time for an Awakening Media. Once again, this program is every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. On Tuesdays, Black Reality Think Tank with Dr. William Rogers from 8 to 10 on Tuesday evenings. Black Reality Think Tank with host Dr. William Rogers. On Fridays, if it's Friday and it's 8 p.m. Eastern, it's time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. Time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard at 7 p.m. on Friday. 8 p.m., excuse me. 8 p.m. on Fridays. Saturday at 7 p.m. from 7 to 9, the Sankofa Elders Council. And then on Sunday at 7 p.m. on Sunday, if it's, it's time for an awakening at 7 p.m. on Sunday. And the number to call is 215. 490-9832. That's 215-490-9832. We Buy Black. We Buy Black, the largest online marketplace for American African-owned businesses is webuyblack.com. Get everything, and I mean everything, you need from American African-owned businesses from webuyblack.com. Heard a commercial on uh, the radio here, Black Radio here, Black News Network, and they say We Buy Black is have close to or over uh, $400,000 for the supermarket they want to have here in Atlanta. Um, man, I tell you, this, this should have been happening. Y'all, y'all know it. And y'all know it. Every time I talk about this, I get kind of upset because it should have happened easily. We have, we have of the 6 million in the metropolitan area, of the, of the 600,000 we have about 40% of the 600,000 in the city of Atlanta. Of the 6 million in the metropolitan area, we constitute a third. 2 million people. Okay. We buy black. Get everything you need from American African-owned businesses from webuyblack.com. Yeah. Makes you want to holler. Throw up both your hands. <laughs> Africa for the Africans, Brother Bomani Tahimba is ready to take another group of our people home to the motherland for a trip of a lifetime, November 17th to the 28th, for only $4,000 to Tanzania. Some pronounced it Tanzania. Tanzania, Mount Kilimanjaro, the Serengeti. Yeah. December 24th to January 5th, 2023. Also $4,000 to Ghana. Then March 30th to April 10th, 2023, still only $3,800 to Senegal and Gambia. My good brother Herb Lewis and his wife are going to Senegal and Gambia. And uh, man, 
I know he can't wait. I talked to him. Me and him were together in Hartford, Connecticut. Yeah, he's a retired firefighter from Baltimore. Yeah, good man, good brother. Joy, joy his company, man. Do good brother. So he's going to Senegal and Gambia. Him and his wife. Right on. May twenty fourth to June fifth, twenty twenty three. Four thousand dollars going to Ghana. And then July twentieth to the 29th, twenty ninth, twenty twenty three. Thirty eight hundred dollars to Liberia. Going to Liberia. And then November sixteenth. November sixteenth to the twenty seventh, twenty twenty three. Tanzania, again, $4,000. And then December 24th, 2023 to June, June. Stop it, Oshi. This <laughs> December, call may be recorded. December for 24th <laughs> to January 4th, 2024. <laughs> going, going to South Africa for $4,200. $4,200. Ah, see, I tell you, man, that brother Bomani. But Bomani Tahimba, man, I just love me some Bomani Tahimba. He is a good man. Please, I'm going to give his number out so you can give him a call or you can contact him, AfricaForTheAfricans.org on his website. Okay. But he has a trip to Rwanda. Man. And, and Rwanda's beautiful, man. What Kagame has done is one of the cleanest cities, modern cities after uh, the 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 horror that happened to Rwanda and Tutsi back about uh, 30 years ago. I mean, man. So this trip is really dynamic. March 29th to April 9th. March 29th to April 9th, $4,000. 2024. 2024. 2024. $4,000 going to Rwanda. Right on, Brother Romani. He has everything you need on the website, everything you need to go. He has all the, the paperwork, all the information, the shots, the yellow fever, the uh, uh, malaria pills, all the things that you need to make it happen. Give him a call at 404-931-9429. That's 404-931-9429. If you want to see pictures of previous tours, go to facebook.com forward slash Bomani. If you want to see videos of previous tours, go to YouTube dot com forward slash Bomani twenty oh seven. Africa for the Africans. Man, right on man. Right on. That's great. Habasha. Habasha Incorporated dot org. Habasha stands for helping Africa by establishing schools at home and abroad. And the great work they're doing with the Habasha Works program here in Atlanta. Black to our roots, sustainable seeds, golden growers and the urban green jobs right here in Atlanta. Also to the Kashi Project, brothers and sisters, it is going to happen. It is happening in Africa, in Ghana, the Kashi Project. And if you go to the website, once again, Africa, Habesha, Habesha, H-A-B-E-S-H-A, Habesha Incorporated.org, Habesha Incorporated.org. And just click on to the information and you'll see what the Kashi Project is all about, honoring Dr. Kweku Adu. Kashi Project. The LEDGE program, LEDGE stands for Land for the Environmental Development for Group Economics. Land for the Environmental Development for Group Economics, the LEDGE program. And uh, they deal with everything, excuse me, they deal with all the things that are, necessity, that, are, that are a necessity for human existence. Food, water, clothing, and shelter. 
They have 12 projects in six different countries. 12 projects in six different countries and over 170 employed and over 260 members. The Ledge Group. We're going to get Brother Peter Brown uh, on the program real soon. And I'm going to talk to him too about what's happening with uh, Brother Moses. Uh, Brother, Brother Moses West. We'll talk about that in a minute. Abibi Atumi. Abibi Atumi. A B I B I T U M I dot com. Abibi Atumi dot com. The community university. Abibi Atumi. Uh, yeah. Go to Abibi Atumi dot com. Make it a favorite there. News feeds, shops, forums. That's for members and so forth. And sometimes uh, the <laughs> website be tripping. Okay. And there you go. And I read it the other day what B.B. Atumi is all about, brothers and sisters, on their page. Now they got some good ancestors, uh, um, Thomas Sankara, Amoko Cabral, Malcolm, you know, Dr. King. I'm not Dr. King. <laughs> but I'm quite sure if they had more people to put Dr. King up here. But more revolutionary individual. Harriet Tubman. What, yeah, okay, you can argue that Dr. King was a re- No, Dr. King was not a revolutionary. He didn't want to fight nobody. He wanted these crackers to, you know, he appealed to him morally. He was appealing to a people who have no morals. Marcus Garvey, Huey Newton, Stephen Biko, Winnie Mandela. Abibiatumi.com, <laughs> man. A quick <laughs> Kwame Ture. So, it's <laughs> uh, my pharmacy. Contact Brother Jabril. That's my pharmacy at 731-327-8229. That's 731-327-6229. Or send them an email. Send them an email at smypharmacy at gmail.com. Smy, S-M-A-I-F-A-R-M-A-C-Y at gmail.com. Brothers and sisters, if you want a, a program where you, you know, if you're at a point in your life and you you can kind of kick the drugs, the prescription drugs and all that stuff to the side and be more holistic. You know, Brother Jabril is the person to talk to. So give him a call at 731-327-8229. Smypharmacy.com. Smypharmacy.com. The Moses West Foundation. The Moses West Foundation was founded and developed to provide the world with water. With, with the world with the water crisis relief, addressing disaster impact zones, water scarcity, and water rescue. Through your contributions, we are continuously able to support our mission by providing clean and safe drinking water using sustainable atmospheric water generation, AWG, atmospheric water generation technology. Brothers and sisters, if please go to the website. That's MosesRightFoundation.org. Talking to him, I am hope to get him on the program next week. Talking with uh, the brother who's dealing with um, publicity, Brother Apollo, and the great things he's doing. He's going to go. In fact, uh, Brother Quaker was talking about it. I hope he can hook Brother Moses up with Deion Sanders. Because if you heard already on the news, you know what's happening uh, in Mississippi. The uh, city of Jackson, Mississippi, particularly at this time. The mayor of Jackson is... Uh, Chukwe Lumumba's son. I'm not sure if his name is Chukwe, 
But um, Brother Lumumba is the mayor of Jackson. He needs to get a hold of Moses. Moses needs to get down there to bring one of the machines down there. Because what it does, brothers and sisters, you know, the water droplets are in the air. They're in the air. He sucks them into the machine, liquefies them, bam, clean drinking water endlessly. It is patented. This brother's dynamic. We're talking about uh, a specific uh, uh, donation for Africa. For Africa. You know, that, that is something that I want to give to on a continuous basis. Because Africa, as beautiful as Africa is, Africa could feed the world, let alone feed the continent. Africa. There is, there is no issue about H2O, drinking water, agua. There is no issue. The only issue is do, do we as a human society have the capacity and the will to develop this machine because of the ecology being so messed up? When the rain falls in California and the floods there because of the fires and so forth, it's going to be sludge and mud and just going to be mud slides and all. <laughs> can't drink it. You can't bathe in it. Show me how can't brush your teeth with it. But this brother has developed a machine that will produce continuously good drinking water. Go to the foundation. Moses West Foundation.org. Moses West Foundation.org. Without us, without us, Healthy Market and Juice Bar, without us, located here in the West End on Ralph David Abernathy Boulevard, delicious smoothie and fruit drinks across the street from Soul Vegetarian, up the street from the Shrine of the Black Madonna. The Shrine of the Black Madonna, which is open on, I'm not sure if it's open every day, but I know. They're still open on Friday and Saturdays from 1 to 7 and on Sundays from 1 to 3 where you can get whatever you need (laughs) from the Shrine of the Black Madonna. The Medu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall, Mama Nia. She's having more uh, programs. I hope to be one of them uh, with the program I want to present. I'll talk to her real soon and get me on her schedule that I can do a program at the Medu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall. She has a fine selection of books, postcards, greeting cards, gift certificates, T-shirts, figurines, all kinds of good stuff. At the Medu Bookstore, give Mama Nia a call at 404-346-3263. That's 404-346-3263. The, the Medu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall. Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore and Coffee Bar. Brother Gazem De Ajamu located in Lithonia on Main Street. Give them a call at 770-305-6373 to 770-305-6373. The Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore and Coffee Bar in Lithonia. There is light in the Black Dot. The new Black Wall Street Market up the street from where the uh, Black Dot is, right on the same off of I-20. Just go further east to the next exit at exit 75. Turner Hill Road, make a right, three lights, and make another right, and there on the left will be the new Black Wall Street Market. New Black Wall Street Market. Us lifting us to economic development cooperative for our people in the spirit of Ujamaa. Tomorrow night, their Thursday night broadcast, every Thursday night on Blog Talk Radio. That's blogtalkradio.com forward slash 
U-L-U, Us Lifting Us, every Thursday night from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. If you want to call to listen or if you want to call to give a question, comment, or concern, dial 929-477-2789. That's 929-477-2789. Us Lifting Us, the Economic Development Cooperative for our people in the spirit of Ujamaa, Cooperative Economics, or as we like to say, Family Centered Economics. Brother Abija at Homeland Village and Cultural Center and Gift Shop located in Macon, Georgia, 2910 Napier Avenue in Macon, Georgia. And they're open from Tuesdays through Sunday, 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. And they have all kinds of stuff. He has black soap. He has holistic health and beauty products. He has oils and incense, CDs and DVDs, literature, books, jewelry, Pan-African fashions and furniture. Oh, man. And he has a vegan restaurant. Man. <laughs> Give Brother Vija a call at 478-256-1166. That's 478-256-1166. Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop in Macon, Georgia. Macon, Georgia. Sun Goddess Sense. Your one-stop natural shop. Sun Goddess Sense. Your one-stop natural shop located at 4140 Jonesboro Road in Forest Park, Georgia, inside the International Discount Mall, booth 225. Brothers and sisters, for more information, give my sister, Shelly Amonset, a call at 404-434-7963. That's 404-434-7963. Sun Goddess Sense, your one-stop natural shop. And Sister Gabrielle Aurelia, doing the great work in Haiti, in the northeastern portion of the of the island, in the hills. Uh, Go to our website at Sanjay, S-O-N-J-E dash Haiti, A-Y-I-T-I dot org. Sanjay dash Haiti dot org. This sister deserves to be supported with the work that she's doing. When you see those beautiful children in their uniforms, they deal with education, uh, health care, sustainable agriculture. Man, just dynamic and entrepreneurship, because they do sell. They sell the eggs and a lot of other things. So, Akaban Institute, Baba Baruti and Mama Yah. I can't say it enough how much uh, this community needs them. And in fact, we as African people need them for what they do. And we should support them. Everything that I say here in these announcements. I'm asking that you open your heart, open your mind, and give some kind of support. I know you can't do them all, but choose one or two or three or whatever. Give them $50 a month, $25 a month. Do what's right. Occupant Institute. If you're old school like me, you make a check out out to Occupant Institute, and you would send it to P.O. Box 10786. Atlanta, Georgia, 30310. That's right. You will make a check out to Occupant Institute and you would send it to P.O. Box 10786, Atlanta, Georgia, 30310. But of course, I had to acquiesce. I mean, I had to acquiesce. I had to succumb <laughs> and send it through PayPal or Cash App. If it's Cash App, the dollar sign, Yah, Y-A-A, the letter M in Baruti, B-A-R-U-T-I. And if you want to buy books, um, go to akabenhouse.com akabenhouse.com also two brothers and sisters coming up uh, will be the Warriors program that's going to be coming up in September next month 
September 10th, the sixth annual African Warrior Men's Day, September 10th. September 10th, okay? And I uh, hope you will mark your calendars. And Brother Kweku said he did, he sent a information and a link. Yeah, that, that Brother Kweku is, is a good man. To Mayor Lumumba and to Deion Sanders, the football coach at Jackson State, and talking about Brother Moses. Man, that's making it happen, ain't it? Right here with African, African perspective. That, hey, we, we're going to do all our best consistently and continuously, brothers, believe me, to help our people whatever we can. That's, that's the whole purpose, to help our people. Right on, Brother Kwaku. And uh, that's Saturday, Saturday, September 10th. And then, of course, the next day is September 11th. So on that Friday, uh, we'll talk about 9-11, <laughs> Friday the 9th, or maybe even, and then finish up discussing some stuff on that on the 12th. After all the, once again, pomp and circumstances, you're going to see surrounded by that, which is a damn fallacy. You'll never hear the truth about anything in this society. You'll never. Especially when it's something that they want to do. They keep it a secret. You'll never hear it. Sometimes it comes out, but so late it's been like, oh yeah, sure, right. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> yeah. August 30th. White men have ruled over us for so long. In some, it seems like one of the physical laws of nature. <laughs> it just seems like it's... <laughs> It's meant to happen. It's there to be. It's like a physical law of nature that Caucasians should rule, should rule over us. Damn. Clarence Mumford. And because of this time-worn confusion, we seek salvation beyond what we consider to be our individual and collective possibilities. But no age of Aquarius will save us from an age of demonic devastation by a people acting in and on this physical world who need passive, self-sedated sheep in order to remake the world in their new or old image. Without our combined, open-eyed, earthly efforts, we will find that the kind of false peace realized through misguided individual prayer and meditation becomes our living death. Once the Europeans' mission of monocultural domination under the guise of benign multiculturalism is fulfilled, all the prayer and meditation in the world will not protect individuals born again into a spirit from slavery. People can remain as slaves indefinitely. Let me repeat, people can remain as captives indefinitely. There is no universal time limit. There is no way of measuring the duration of the pendulum swing from Isfet is fed to my eye. Look those two up. For any given people or institution, only time will tell. And this time Europeans will make the Europeans will not make the same mistake as before. Ages, Aquarius, otherwise, only open the way for possibilities. They only set the stage for what can be done. If we recognize the need for change in a particular direction, on the spiritual and physical planes, they do not manipulate the possibilities. These cosmic cycles do not take us out of the human reality. 
They do not force or ensure change. They only facilitate its possibilities. It is on us. It is not, we can't, don't, there's not, it's in us. It's in our hearts. It's in our minds. It's not in the stars. Man. Affirm, I am full. I'm in full possession of my African sanity. Affirm, I am in, I swear I am, I am full possession of my African sanity. The last day of Black August, August 31st, the last day of Black August, and I hope that all of you brothers and sisters who are listening and those who are, who are listening for the first time, hope you had a chance to do something this Black August that was outside of whatever your norm is, of going to hear a presentation, of listening to a reading, you know, about Black August and, and the many things that have happened this month. Hope you uh, checked out Wattstack. Hope you checked out Wattstack that happened August 20th, 1972, seven years after the 1965 uh, riots, Stack Records came to Los Angeles to put on a concert. And it's a dynamic documentary. I had Brother Gerald Thompson on. It was just dynamic. So this last day of Black August, August 31st, Negroes pay for what they want and beg for what they need. Kelly Miller. We must quit forthcoming generations, we must equip forthcoming generations with a working intelligence so they can recognize and dismiss Negroes and Negroettes when they hear them, especially those who cry the blues of and for others and profit from the crumbs gained from our confusion at our expense. Indeed, the Negro and Negroettes should be important concepts in our vocabulary, for they mark those among us who grow from their knees, who grow from their knees. Those of us who believe that crawling is fine as long as they get the biggest crumbs. You know, brother said, yeah, they call them Negroes because your mentality doesn't grow above your knee. <laughs> your, your mentality, your intellect, your desire for freedom does not grow above your knee. The question should not be, shouldn't you crawl before you walk? Instead, the question is, how long must you crawl before you stand up and walk like a man or a woman? How long must you crawl before you stand up and walk like a man or a woman? How long must our four limbs be your mode of transportation before you recognize that the two will be more efficient and effective to do the job? Affirm, I recognize and dismiss Negroes and Negroettes when I hear them. Affirm, I recognize and I dismiss these Negroes and Negroettes when I hear them. Brothers and sisters, the Inye Sesim of daily revolutionary thought. I'm waiting on my, on my guest, Brother Franklin Jones. The Black People's Matrix you know, Brother Franklin Jones, man, I'm going to tell you, I, I, I can remember when I first started um, seeing him on, on the, um, 
on Facebook. And then I wouldn't see him because he was probably in Facebook prison, you know. But then, you know, then he comes back out. Then he's, you know. And, but, but he's here with us now. Brother Franklin Jones, good morning. Hey, good morning, my brother. How you doing? I'm doing I was, well. I probably you didn't see, but I was on. I had to recall you, and now I, I, I'm holding up two lines. Well, no, just, yeah, just go ahead. Yeah, just go ahead and close one out. I was, <laughs> I was going about to let you in. See, I, I knew it was you. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, great, great. <laughs> yeah. How, like I said, like I say, uh, it's always an honor being on your program. And, you know, your immense love for your people forces me to love you for how much you love your people. I and I, I, I respect you, admire you, and it's always an honor to be on your program, my brother. Well, listen, man, I always uh, love to have you on. You know, I respect you. I respect what you have done in, in, in waking us up, all the great memes and all the imagery, iconography that you put out there, you know, because sometimes a picture can speak louder than words. And yeah. but even those those words, and I know I remember those one time, man. You man must have had a damn near a book. I was reading. I said, man, how long is this? <laughs> I don't remember what the subject was, but I was reading for days. I was like, but, I mean, but it was yeah. on point as always, brother. It was on point, you know, <laughs> you know. But uh, yeah, I tell you, you know what we do, me and you and and others like uh, us, what we do to try to awaken our people is always a challenge. You know, yes. it's always a challenge, but I know we're up for the challenge and it's something that we do, you know, 24, seven, 365. I just yes. don't do this Monday, Wednesday and Friday from 11 AM to 1 PM. And then after it's over, I, you know, I go out there yeah. and, 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 and get whitey, you know, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is, well, you know, I, I've, my mindset has chosen to be Pan-African for a very long time, way back. You know, in fact, uh, this past weekend, and this past, last week I was in Hartford, Connecticut for the Black Firefighters Convention, which was uh, 50 years of our organization. And I've been in it since uh, the late 70s. And the first convention that I went to was 1980 in Detroit. And I've been to almost everyone since that time. I was on the board and not only on the board, I was also the president for a couple of years. And so... You know, I grew up in an organization, you know, and in fact, I always say I'm so proud to be a member of it because it, it, it has literally helped me go around the world, you know. Yeah. And so, and so I'm talking with some of these old kids. Yeah, I remember when you was Eddie Brown, you know. <laughs> <laughs> these kids, I swear, boy, I love them, you know. But, yeah, but, you know, the thing is, and one of the things that I've always wanted to be was a man of my word and have consistency. And, and, and I pride myself on that. And one of the uh, best things that uh, happened to me here was when uh, Baba, uh, Baba Kelsey, and, and Baba Kelsey is an esteemed elder. He has been in the struggle for decades, and he's still in the struggle. He's 95 years old, and he is beautiful, man. He speaks clearly. He walks clearly. You know, he, he's dynamic. And he said that one thing that I admire He's saying this is to me, that since you've been here in Atlanta, you have been consistent. You know, you have been somebody who has consistently supported the efforts in our community, spoke on the issues and so forth. You've been consistent. And and, and to me, uh, that's, that was a, a tribute. And I, I thank him so much 
for his, mm-hmm. you know. But you know, uh, that's that's who I am. But I, I I do this because just like you, you're trying to put something on our people's mind. You recognize that what is happening to us is a mind game. Yeah. You know, this is an entrapment. They, you know, they, now I always use the analogy of a vice grip. I would say that the European, Caucasian, the white man, Urugu, has put a vice grip on our minds. And this, and if you know that tool, you know you just can't pull it apart. Once the vice grip is set, you know, you got to turn that knob at the end of the handle. Yeah. And turning of that knob is acquiring the knowledge of self. You know, yes. the knowledge of, of culture, the knowledge of history, the knowledge of love for self. And then you continue to turn until finally you can, release, you can release the tension and bam, you open the vice grip. And not that you challenge Caucasians because they suffer from cognitive dissonance. They ain't a damn thing you can say to them. Hell with them. Yeah. But you challenge each other to be the best Africans that we can be to, to begin to love and respect and work with one another. And then mm-hmm. bam. We're on our way, you know, but there's yeah, so many yeah. things that, that, that challenge that, but we were you know, talking, go, go ahead. You know, usually people have a right to believe whatever they choose to believe, but however, that's a luxury that's not extended to the oppressed. Mm. The oppressed must function based upon truth in order to liberate ourselves, because if our understandings are flawed, then all remedies that stem from those understandings will also be flawed. Mm-hmm. So our problems, our people, um, the white men have our people so bombarded with misinformation, disinformation. Um, our people believe that our plight's connected to a biblical fairy tale or that we're controlled by a silly slave syndrome myth. And this keep our people's understanding of our condition flawed and mm-hmm. therefore keeps us mentally enslaved. This is why it's so important to teach our people the truth. Right. Because as they say, the worst enemy of knowledge is not ignorance. It's false knowledge. Right. Because an ignorant person might still have an open mind and want to find truth. But a person with false knowledge believing the truth clings to it and stops learning and therefore becomes mentally enslaved by the false knowledge. So the goal here, my mission, is to show our people this is not the truth. We have to function based upon the truth. We, the, the white man socializes us. He's using propaganda to divide us. He mm-hmm. uses miseducation to condition us to accept a subordinate status in the white dominant society. There are social sciences that are required for maintaining dominance, and there are social sciences that, that are required for the long-term oppression of a people. Black people, we must elevate our minds above a biblical fairy tale and a silly slave syndrome myth and learn of these social sciences that are being used against us and then develop proper counter-strategies to, to liberate ourselves. So the truth that set us free is to understand the true systems that are being deployed against us. We have to. Until we recognize the truth, we're going to be continued to be enslaved by the lies. Right. Yep. So it's uh, that's why I can never stop teaching it, not not stop pushing it. Mm-hmm. Now, um, when you open, you talked about how sometimes it is difficult when we're trying to teach truth. Sometimes when you're teaching truth, it can feel as though you're spitting against the wind. And when you're spitting against the wind, your spit's going nowhere but blowing back in your face. That's right. how it sometimes feels. And it can also sometimes feel like uh, when we have been oppressed for 500 years, you because sometimes people our people become hopeless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I want to point out today, there are factors to show that there is an awakening. Uh, many of your listeners 
already intuitively know and feel that there is a shifting within the collective conscience of our people. I'm going to point out facts to support that there are people all waking up. And to also point out to our people who probably who are feeling fatigued right now that we are in the best position at this moment to wake up our people because the brainwashing of our people that perpetuates white superiority has been shifted from our people's minds. And this is a factor when you look at the, the, the Trump presidency, his incompetence, his blatant racism has made black people open our eyes from the, the white man had given himself a, a makeover, a favorable makeover in the minds that leads the black people. But the racism we've seen, the incompetence of the president, black people are recognizing, wait a minute, they're not smarter than us. They're not better than us. And we are not our worst enemy. They're still our worst enemy. So there is, is, is a group of our people where there is an awakening. And I would like to, I like, before I, I don't want to spill, but what I like to say, there is a um, Zabrinsky. Zabrinsky was a Polish-American political scientist. And uh, he was an advisor to many presidents from Jimmy Carter mm-hmm. to Obama. Uh, when he advised Obama, he was on a limited basis because he was much older. Right. But when, but, then, he was with, 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 but when he was with Jimmy Carter, that damn yeah. son of a bitch, you know, I, I never forget that he had an eating out that we must prevent Africa yes. from ever coming together. And, 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 I'm and going there and I'm going to show you what okay. he said before he died. And also, too, man, for, for, for the listeners, if you get a picture of Zygmunt Brzezinski, that man looked evil. Yeah, oh, yes, he does. He looks very evil. evil. But, <laughs> he looks like um, he looks. The, he looks like the the, the dude uh, 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 on 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 the on the Simpsons. The dude that owns the factory. Yes, <laughs> yes, that, he does. That, yes, I'm he serious. Does. He looks like that uh, character. Go ahead, brother yeah. Frank. Go ahead. And for those who don't know him, uh, it was he who, um, after doing much research, um, came back to um, President Carter and said, "We must do everything possible to prevent Africans." and Africans on the continent and Africans throughout the diaspora from unifying politically, financially, in any way. Because when Africans are kept divided globally, we lose our numerical global advantage and we lose, we're stripped of all hope of defeating global white supremacy. So this is why there are so many propaganda campaigns. This is why when, um, when many times an African comes to America, he comes to America with negative preconceptions about African-Americans. This is why when an, uh, um, when an African comes to America, he may want to go to New York, but he wants to stay away from Harlem because he has these negative views about African-Americans. It's also the reason why when Africans come to the country, um, African-Americans often have negative views about them. Now, now, we must remember who controls how both groups perceive each other, the white man's media. And the white man divides us. Okay, now this is the, the evil Zabrinsky. Now, here's what he said before he died. He said, never before in world history has the white ruling elite been more afraid now than they've ever been in history. Because this is the first time in world history that the white man was not controlling all the narratives that the Africans received. First time in history. For 500 years, the white man has always controlled the narrative. When he went into Africa, invaded Africa, he started slaving Africans, he created the narrative that Africans were ignorant, uncivilized. Therefore, his enslavement of Africans was, better, was benefiting Africans. He always created the narrative. 
Then what he then he used the narrative to divide us. He he he, he had African thinking that we African Americans were all ignorant buffoonery and criminals. He had we African Americans believe that Africans were all crazy warlords. So he was controlling the narrative. But now for the first time in history, we're hearing each other's own voice. We're hearing each other's own narrative. An African can listen and hear us speaking and can hear the intelligence of the African-Americans. We African-Americans can hear the intelligence of our native African brothers. And we can also hear that we are one people. But see, before the white man's power was he controlled the narrative, but he's no longer controlling the narrative. He's no longer controlling the narrative. And the Bernstein, the brilliant, evil political science, said the ruling elite are fearful of this situation because this is the first time in history since they, since they made contact with the Africans that they weren't controlling all of the narratives. Uh, some of us don't understand the power of the narratives. He who controls the narrative sets the agenda. He who controls the narrative shapes the minds of the public. Now we are communicating. Our people are waking up. There is a collective consciousness that's been awakening around us, and it's because we are controlling our own narrative. See, what White Man has done also, when he controlled the narrative, he conditioned many black people to believe that the way we should actually perceive them is, is not validated. He, he, he gaslight us. It's like, um, it's like breaking a man's leg, right? And then imposing a narrative onto the man that he broke his own leg and that you just trying to save him. The white man imposes narratives upon black people that exonerates themselves and marginalizes and vilifies us. Right. Even in their telling of slavery, for example, in the white books, they teach that most of the slaves were fairly purchased by the white man. On those, Africans had all the natural resources. Um, uh, the Western world had nothing that Africans needed. And Western money had no value whatsoever in Africa. But he wants us to believe that the majority of the millions of Africans and slave Africans were fairly purchased. And then he imposed that narrative upon us. And many of us function based upon the white man's narrative. Those who did not critically think because they were enslaved by the white man because they are functioning based upon his narrative. But there's something different happening. Our people, there's awakening. Now, I'm going to show you the awakening, even in terms of the white man's losing his power on narrative. When we had that protest, when George Floyd was killed, we had thousands of white people running around the street saying, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter. The fact that you had so many thousands of whites who was not being programmed, this is evidence of the white man, the erosion of his power over the minds of the masses. Now, the, the, those who are mostly controlled among the races are the most ignorant the most gullible, the most naive. I say this so we must recognize that yes, our contribution, why it may feel futile, we are doing something. We are awakening minds, but here's the deal. Some people don't understand this. The, back in the uh, 70s when the brother says, the revolution will not be televised, the revolution will not be televised. We, some of us just think that's the regurgitation of, of, of some lyrics, but it's true. The white man will never show us our liberation on television. Why? Because he doesn't want the liberation to spread. The white man treats black liberating ideology as a gardener treats weed in, in his garden. He doesn't provide fertilizer for it. He doesn't provide water for it. He, he doesn't, because he doesn't want it spraying throughout his garden. 
So those of us who have black liberating minds and our ideology, it's not being shown in the media. All we're seeing is the buffoonery. All we're seeing is those who insist that they're niggers. But we don't recognize that that's because that's a part of what's called a perception management program. By keeping us just seeing that, it, it, it demoralizes us. It makes us feel that our effort is futile. And see, I give example how distortion and in see, America. And see what you're saying is, is, yeah. is the example, if you think about it, if you're old as I am or older, mm-hmm. about about your education and even before then nothing was happening once we came out of the plantation and started to migrate and so forth we were low-key we were accepting of what, the, what what was happening in the locations where we tried to settle in in the north and, yeah. and and tried to be as silent as we could be in the south without fear of of course being lynched and you would be lynched yeah. for literally literally for nothing in fact when jack johnson was fighting and this is the uh documentary um uh, unforgivable blackness of uh, the Jack mm-hmm. Johnson documentary that when he won and kicked white folks ass, a lot of brothers and sisters were fearful because the white folks got mad because Jack Johnson won. We couldn't kick his ass, but we going to lynch you. You could be walking down yeah. the street for nothing. And you would, next thing you know, where's little junior? He ain't been just gone a while. Where you at? He got lynched, yeah. you know? And so I'm going to get a caller yeah. here. I want to get this caller here. Oh. Uh, 404. Four five three four zero four four five three. Let me get you off here, okay? All right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. How y'all here? All right, Uhuru, brother. You who? You who? Hey, hey, Franklin Jones. Glad to hear you, man. I, I looked on Facebook, man. It's a whole bunch of Franklin Jones, man. Y'all got that common white folks name, man. Which one is you? <laughs> the Black you People Matrix. The Black Matrix Reloaded. Yeah, the Black. What does it go ahead, Franklin? Black Matrix Reloaded, and you'll find me that way. The Black Matrix okay, Reloaded. Black Matrix. Reloaded. Okay, all right. Yes, sir. And to my contribution, <laughs> man, on how, how... It's also nice to hear your voice again, brother. How you been doing? Doing all right? Yes, sir. Hey, I'm still out here like you, man. We trying to... Uh, we and you, OC, we doing the same thing. We trying to put some fat on these Negroes' heads, man. That's knowledge. When you get knowledge, your head get fat, and you will bust that goddamn bite script. We talk about OC. That's yeah. right. I'm yeah. trying to That's right. put fat on folks' head to bust that bite script. But, but this is the game they ran, man, in yeah. the 60s. When they, when, when they put uh, Dr. King and Malcolm against each other by, by making lies, by sending letters to each other, right, to yeah. both of them. So they, they they split them up and they ran the same BS algorithm on on Tupac. I call it Tupac, y'all. And Tupac and Biggie, man. Because yeah. them brothers had the people listening to them, man. Especially Tupac, man. They ran the same playbook uh, 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 with this damn East Coast West Coast stuff on Tupac and Biggie, man. The same damn playbook to divide us, man. So uh, all right, we peep the game now, man. We got that fat on our head, on our brain. And uh, we peep the game, man. I don't want to talk too long. I like to listen to you, Franklin Jones. So you say Black Matrix on Facebook, right? Black yeah, Matrix Black reloaded. Reloaded. All right. All right. I'm finna find it right now and friend you, man, because we got more. We got to share that information. That's what we do. We take what the yeah. enemy give us and use it against the ass. That's the <laughs> auto wall. Okay. We got them. All right, brother. Research West. people. Okay. Yes, sir, all the time. We got their ass, man. They ain't nothing but some parasites, man. That's all they is, oh, a no. fucking You're parasite, right. like a You're goddamn right. mosquito, man. Yeah. <laughs> Sucking off our blood. But anyway, I'm going to mute myself, man. All I right. appreciate the info. I love y'all, man. You too, brother. Love Research you too, brother. West. Love you too. Brother, we Research West. We're going to take a break. When we come back from the break, we'll join 
Franklin Jones, The Black Matrix, Reloaded, and all the good stuff that he has been putting out on the Internet. You have a chance to talk with him. And I know I know my man Jay, I just saw him, but he had to get off, is out there uh, wanting to holler at you, Franklin. And so, uh, and all the others. Hear from- yeah, definitely, definitely. Brothers and sisters, you're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. We're going to be right back with Brother Franklin Jones and, uh, and you and your questions or comments or concerns. Brothers and sisters, we appreciate you. You're listening to African Perspectives. You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshie on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com.
You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Welcome back, brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters, once again, you're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. Staten Island Groove. Staten Island Groove. Bad peace. Talking today with Brother Franklin Jones, the Black People Matrix. Get him on his website, the Black, Black People Matrix Reloaded. And uh, you can join this conversation by dialing 215 490 9832. 215 490 9832. And we're going to get right back to the conversation. So give us a call. And we got a number of people who are in the queue. If you want to say something, just hit star twice. Hit star twice. I'll get you in. Brother Franklin Jones. How you doing, man? Fantastic, but fantastic. Yeah, appreciate you. Uh, what I was was saying, I was talking about initially that we have to function based upon our accurate narratives. We have to function based upon what's true because if understanding the flaw, everything comes from flawed. Mm-hmm. I mean, here's the reality of our narratives: the white society's exploitation of African has provided with an era of which it has flourished most throughout history. And its dependency upon Africa's natural resources is ongoing and forever. To allow its exploitation of Africans to end would be directly against the interests of the white society. This is why whenever an African leader stands up against the West, Western governments will have him assassinated to prevent other black leaders from doing the same. We have to understand that we are in a system that has to be maintained. And see, that's now, why that's why the the need for uh, uh, unity is so vitally important. <clears throat> because when a when a leader from a particular country, particularly since this this uh, pandemic situation was happening, and they wanted Africans to make sure that Africans were vaccinated, you know, and some African leaders said, "No, we're not going to do that." I think three of them, three of them. Mozambique mm-hmm. was one of was assassinated outright, you know, yes. and 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 so the Caucasian has no fear of us mm-hmm. because he knows mm-hmm. that we're fragmented, we're divided, yes, you know, on the continent and in the diaspora, you know, yes. we're we're divided here, you know, and 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 one of the things they don't want to see happen, just like you mentioned, Zygmunt Brzezinski, yes, but it's also like. Uh, the Caucasian Howard Nichols, who I've been talking about on this program and have played him uh, his presentation to a group of Caucasians. I'm quite sure that's who it is, you know, yes. and, and uh, you know, uh, saying that we must keep Africa poor. We must have yes. Africa's resources yes. at our disposal, yes. Yes. you know. It's against the interests of the white society to stop exploiting Africa. It's against their interests. This is our reality. And what they so they said under national interest, I mean, they would even they would divide different countries in Africa. They, because that's how they maintain their monopoly and their control over Africa. Like when we see these Chinese are all going to Africa, you know that they should care about Africa. It's because they, they need Africa's natural resources. They want Africa's resources. And so we're in a scenario so they they, they to to continue the exploitation of us, they have to also manipulate our minds. And we have to recognize how we're being constantly manipulated, how we're being constantly divided. Um, for example, presently, millions of black people 
perceive themselves as being their own worst enemy and reveres whites in spite of the brutal history to the contrary. I hate that. Now, now here's the fact, though. It's never coincidental whenever the oppressed think exactly as the oppressors want to need them to. It's always deliberate design when this happens. Mm -hmm. We, our minds are being socialized. Uh, uh, social science describes it as instilling a value system into the subordinate culture that makes it adhere to the dominant group's dominance over their lives. You know, we don't understand the war in our minds, and we have to understand the war in our minds. You know, the um, war in our minds works best when we're ignorant of it. That's why we must teach our people it. That's right. You know, last week I was listening to uh, uh, what you call's program out of D.C. Carl Nelson's program, and he had um, uh, Dr. Fox, Dr. Yeah. Fox on in uh, the um, addicted to white. Yeah, the oppressed in a league with the oppressor in a mm -hmm. shamed alliance. I mean, that title is, is deep. Addicted to white, the oppressed in a shamed uh, in a shamed alliance with the oppressor. You know, in a shamed alliance with the oppressor. You know, it's deep. Yes, we have to uh, the remedy for it is to make our people cognizant of it. Make our people recognize that their minds is constantly under attack. Make our people aware of what subliminal media programming is. Repetition in media programming. Our people doesn't understand the science of what's happening. Like, for example, all, um, all white countries, uh, we talked about this in London, whatever, you always get the same trend. The, the white media always propagates the issue of black on black crime, black on black crime. Most people understand that's a social science. Um, whenever people are oppressed for a long time, their collective aggression towards their oppressor will continue to swell until they now rebel against their oppressors. The only way to prevent this is to shift the collective aggressions of the oppressed away from the oppressors and redirect it against themselves. And this is achieved by inundating them with propaganda that misleads them to believe that it's themselves that are their own worst enemy. Mm -hmm. And when you keep doing this to a people, not only do they become more compliant with the oppressor's dominance over their life, they, in fact, will prefer it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We are being programmed, don't even understand it. We have to understand it in order to liberate ourselves from it. That's what Dr. And white men have so much disinformation in our community, yeah. and these disinformation are designed to prevent us from gaining the accurate understanding of our plight and condition that's necessary in order for us to liberate ourselves. And, 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 and Dr. Um... <clears throat> Carter G. Woodson told us that in his book in, from 1933, The Miseducation of the Negro. If you keep sending a man to the back door, he will yeah. lead to the back door. And if, if there is no back door, he will want one for his benefit. He will cut one out for his own benefit. And let me give this, give this uh, title of Dr. Sharon Fox's book correctly. Addicted to White, mm -hmm. the Oppressed in League with the Oppressor in a Shamed-Based Alliance. The Oppressed mm -hmm in league with the oppressor in a shame-based alliance. That's deep, man, because yeah. that's what it is. That's why, I mean, you, you look at what the Caucasian is doing, there are many of us, particularly in the military service and in other parts of the government, along with them. We do it along yeah. with them, you know? So, but yeah. Because we, 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 our people have been socialized to think in ways that benefit the white society. And uh, the, the weaker our mental fortitude is, the stronger the programming. Right. And they start programming our minds from a time we're very young. 
when we're when our minds are more palatable and more impressionable. And they do so by giving us an education that exalts whites and marginalizes us. When we're going to school and we're being taught everything that exalts whites and marginalizes us, that conditions us to accept a subordinate status within a white dominant society. And they teach that in the military um, psychological warfare schools. It says in order for a, a dominant group to maintain a position of social dominance over the oppressed, the oppressed must be denied a racially affirming education. When the oppressed are denied a racially affirming education, this conditions them to accept a subordinate status within society. This is exactly what Carter G. Whitson was saying. It, it's funny because our people would recite that book, but, doesn't, but don't understand that Carter G. Whitson was showing us that there's a war against our minds. So our, the same people who, who quote that book over and over, we send our children to school and we don't even bother to challenge what they're being taught. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 like even right now, when the um, black um, HBUC colleges receive funding from the U.S. government, but uh, to continue to receive that funding, the U.S. government has to approve the curriculum. They have to approve the curriculum. So this allows the white society to keep us mentally enslaved because they're controlling our education, even in the HBUC. Mm-hmm. You, you, so, you see, right. it, it, we have to recognize that the white man's monopoly over our mind is his greatest weapon. Regardless of how intelligent people are, if it's possible to control the information that's sent to their mind, it's entirely possible to control their beliefs. Right. Also, by repeatedly giving people certain information over and over, you can steer an entire generation towards an applied objective. Okay, now I want to go back to something real quickly. I'll, I'll let you tell. You know what I said that the white man creates a perception, and we believe it. Like how I say that um, many of us believe that not enough of us are conscious. Uh, majority of us are cool. Majority of us are totally brainwashed. But here's the reality: we we have this perception because the white man only shows those ideologies that serves him. Like for example, we all know that in America. There are millions of black people who refuse to call themselves niggas. There are millions of black people who would never sag their pants. But when you watch the media, the media gives the impression that we all call ourselves niggas. Because that's, what the, that's the image that benefits the white man and he puts it out there. It gives the image that all of our youth sag their pants and they put it out there. So the media depiction of us is never our reality. Throughout human history, the oppressor's depiction of the oppressed is never, ever a true one. It's always distorted to serve the agenda of the oppressors. So, but keeping us believing the fraudulent words about ourselves is how the white man maintains his social dominance over us. Like you hear black people say, Man, I wish black people cared about themselves. I wish black people felt better. But here's the reality. We don't know how terribly we treat each other. We only know what the white man tells us. Mm. The white man controls our interpretation of ourselves. And he maintains his dominance by keeping us believing the fraudulent worst about ourselves. When France, France says the oppressed will always believe the fraudulent worst about themselves. We, we have all of these leaders who say the same things. Uh, Dr. King talked about the psychological warfare against our minds. Uh, Malcolm X did. Uh, Marcus Garvey. Stephen Biko. All of our great leaders. But this focus on addressing this war against our minds is not on our top ten list. Because we're socializing from it. For example, the NAACP, they get funding from the U.S. government. This allows the U.S. government to control their agendas. If the, if the NAACP was truly about liberation, they would address 
the, mis- the ongoing miseducation of black children and how it affects our minds. They would address how we're being programmed through media. They would address how, the negative social engineering of our culture, but they can't because they're just puppets. They get to get to keep getting their funding. They, they can only talk about um, cops killing black people and march. They have to do the same method. March. They are being controlled. We are in a system that most people don't understand. Like uh, many people, for example, says, there are no more men among us like Dr. King or Malcolm X. If you believe that, you've been drinking too much of the white man's Kool-Aid. There are millions of black men and women with the ability to stand on a national platform and argue our plight successfully. But here's what the white man did, white man does. They studied the African-American culture during the 1960s, and they realized that it was by giving a media platform to Malcolm X, to Dr. King, that their fame and followers grew. So therefore, the white man now does not, does not give a national platform to those who truly speak liberation. They only have these puppets to, to back to the we thing I said, um, they don't want the ideology of the awakened to spread. So they don't give us a national platform. To give our language a natural platform that speaks their purpose. So every time they have these, there's even a list, for example. There is a list of black people who are not allowed to go with NBC, or MSNBC, ABC. They are not allowed. They are banned from that. So when they have these national agenda, there are those who are allowed to bring. They tend to bring celebrities uh, and coons, and they argue. And so therefore, they have a lively debate, but no, nothing substance. Remember when um, uh, Hoover said, the next time there'll be a black a messiah, we will have created him. Right. Now, many people don't understand what that means. That means the only one, the way they prevent a, black, a true black messiah from rising among us is by denying those who are truly at the liberation of our people a national platform. If they have a national platform, they are working for the system. You understand? Yeah. We are in a system that we have to understand the system. Because as long as you don't understand the system, we're going to walk around being mad at our own people, frustrated against our own people. Mm-hmm. Even when people call it, they say, man, you can't stand black people. I can't stand black people. We all have to be. No. We are in a system. There's something called ideological subversion. African Americans went from calling us their brothers and sisters, wearing Afros, and being the most unified minority group in America to now wearing European wigs, calling themselves niggas and bitches, and now being more divided than at any other time in history. Now, this change within the African-American culture clearly benefits the white society. It's always by the liberal design when the, the oppressed changes in ways that benefit the oppressors. Black liberation will only happen when black people start studying social science. We must study social science in order to liberate ourselves. If we don't study social science, we will stay the white man's fool. There are social scientists that are being deployed against us. You know and what I'm going to do? Oh, what I'm go gonna, ahead. Um, I'm going to have on the program next next week the East in New York. And one mm-hmm. person who might know the East in New York is Brother Jay. 347-347, good afternoon. Hey, what's going on, um, O.C. and my main man, main man? Frankly, Boogie Woogie Jones. That's right. Hey, Frankly, I could hear you six months from now, and you know you'll be on the same path. Always. The same direction. You never vary from 
what you put out there, man. As as one would say, you consistent. Right on. That's one thing about you. You consistent. I'll tell you you why. Here's why. Here's why. Because there's no fight more pressing for the African than the liberation of our minds. Because the white man's control of our our minds is his greatest weapon. So uh, I can't discuss about police brutality. I have to, I'm focusing on the white man's greatest weapon because they have our people so distracted that our people don't understand the war against our mind is the fight that we must fight the strongest. We must fight, we must overcome it or even die trying because our liberation from the spirit is dependent upon us freeing our minds. The white man's monopoly over the minds of black people is their greatest weapon. And we must understand that. So you would say, or you would imply or you would reason that the white man got the black man on remote control. I, I like people hate that term because it, it makes it sound as though um, we're we're dumb. No, there, there are social scientists that you are able to control. Uh, Edward Bernays, the first mass manipulation expert, who was the first one to use Uncle Sigmund Freud's study of the human mind to control the masses, he said, as long as we understand the mechanism of the group mind. We're able to steer entire populations without them even knowing it. He says our minds are formed, our opinions are taste, our tastes are formed by men we've never heard of. I'll give you an example. Um, we find it traditional when the football's on to go out and drink beer and, and watch Super Bowl. This, we believe we do it because we want to do this, but we are socialized to do it because when we're watching the media, we see this is what our culture is. When they created Christmas, we see that, okay, we go out by it, we put a tree up, we, we do presents, those who control the media does control the group minds of a people. Um, they're able to steer us in direction. Now, I, now I know when we say remote control, no, um, I won't say remote control because to control a people's mind, it is something that has to be constantly reapplied. It works through repetition. If you stop it, if you stop reapplying it, it starts to erode, the effects start to erode. We're constantly bombarded with information that makes us misinformation that are designed to make us think in ways that benefit the white society. I'll give you an example. You notice that how ridiculous it is that every study result that we receive that compares white to black tends to favor white. Now, when that keeps happening, it instills within many of our subconscious minds white superiority. When we're constantly bombarded with black and black crime, black and black crime, this instills in our subconscious minds that it's we who are our own worst enemies. It is a programming that's constantly reapplied, and we are under this system, constantly reapplied. And like I said to when I was in Iraq, and we had these units from PSYOPs, the, the U.S. government sent PSYOPs units to Iraq. And I'm watching them brainwashing these Iraqi people, and I asked the commander, why are we doing all this? He said, even though we're able to um, defeat them with our military might, we can't control their minds. So they took over their media. We, we took over their school system. We changed we control the information that's fed into their minds, and we socialize them to think in ways that benefit the white society, the Western society. It's a true science. Everything that we're experiencing is our symptoms. We think our symptoms are caused by Willie Lynch method, and many people insist that it's true because it's so, it appears so accurate. But the only reason it appears accurate is because it was actually written in 1970 by the brother looking at our behavior and pointing out our, our behavior. That's what appears accurate. It was written in 1970. Our condition is the result of the white society socializing of our minds. And they're able to do so because they're monopoly over information. 
like for example, uh, we've heard black men, black women say, I'm going to find me a white man because they treat you better. We've heard white women, <laughs> we have black men say, I'm going to find a, black, a white woman to treat you better. How did this enter our minds? This entered our minds because we're constantly hearing the repetition programming that white treats you better, white treats you better. But in reality, race is not a significant factor how someone treats a partner. But they keep pushing that program, and we now function based upon that narrative. It is a social science. Until black people elevate our minds about biblical fairy tales, uh, slaves who myths, and stop arguing and fighting each other, and start studying social science. That's how we liberate ourselves. The social science. And they started when our minds are young. If you, um, when our young, minds are young and most palatable. I give us education where white, white, it's always positive, white, positive. In preschool, there are even uh, illustrations where you see they would have a picture of a black child who was sad. And then they show the white child was happy. They even have some way they say one is ugly and was dark. One is pretty and was white. And see, they start to Ramming our minds from a time we're small and, what's and we happening, don't And what's happening is, and I, and I did this program when I was working in the schools back in Milwaukee and, and had a number of, of, of ways to present this information. The same thing with the dial test that Dr. Kenneth Clark did in the 50s was done again uh, in the late 90s with the same results that the, yeah. that the American African child preferred the Caucasian dial. The same thing when they did with showing faces and say, when you see this face, do you think this face is, you know, menacing? Yeah. Or do you think this face is, you know, friendly? The same thing. The same thing has been consistently done and constantly, yeah. but just as you're saying, proving. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead, Jay. Okay. So all that, all that being said, right, what's the solution? What is, what is a practical solution for us as a people to move forward based on what's going on at this time regarding any people other than the white man. Okay, let me answer that. Uh, once you start studying social science of the mind, you recognize that the same things they use to hijack our mind, we can also hijack our mind in the opposite direction. Um, there's an inherent thing within the human condition. Whenever people know danger, they then react to move themselves away from the danger. This is why those who um, uh, perhaps try to keep us unaware of the, the war against our minds. Once people become aware of it, the, the awareness of it, it causes you to, to develop methods to remove yourself from the danger, to protect yourself from the danger. And it's an example that I've given before when I said it, it's really it's organic within the human condition. And I'm going to show you what I mean. Once the people know the truth. Remember the old saying, when you know better, you do better? Right. That's absolutely the truth. And please allow me to give you this, this basic breakdown. And I've said this before. If you have an African village and they're being poisoned by Europeans who move next door to them, and their well is poisoned, they don't know it. If they don't know the well is poisoned, they see that people dropping dead, they might say that they're cursed. They might say all kinds of crazy things because they don't know but once they're giving the proper information that their well is being poisoned, what happens when they receive the proper understanding of their plight and condition? They will stop drinking from that well. They will build a new well. They will place guards on a new well. And then they will go and remove those people who poison their well. The knowledge, the proper knowledge, produces the proper reaction. This is why the white man sees there's so much disinformation, because to prevent us from gaining a clear and accurate understanding of our plight, that leads to proper remedies. 
Once black people recognize that education is more than just education, we are being socialized. When black people realize that when we're watching movies, we're not just being entertained, we're being socialized to reveal white. When our people become aware of the war in their minds, the mind once expanded to a greater radius never returns to the original smallest size because the true won't allow it. Once they become cognizant of it, people will start de- developing remedies against it. You will start telling your children about it. You will start discussing. The goal is to educate to liberate. Educate to liberate. So you say, what are we doing about it? Teaching our people is doing something about it. And there is something called the only way to fight the propaganda, the white man propaganda, is with black counter-propaganda. We must continue to spread and disseminate the truth. And that's what we're doing. I know we have these images in our minds, okay, let's open a school. No, we have to teach the masses and make them aware of the war that's being waged against our minds. Make them aware that our perceptions that benefit the system of white supremacy has nothing to do with slave syndrome, because it, 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 even, it even exists among black people who are not descendants of enslaved Africans. Even Africans in Africa who are not descendants of slaves have the same mentality because they are under the same mental socializing as we are. In, in school in Africa, for example, many African schools where white, the, the Western world still controls the curriculum, the Africans are saying, I'm happy that the, the white man colonized us. Because <laughs> the white man didn't colonize us, we would still be swinging on trees. Don't even know their true history. In America, many of black students are saying, I'm glad we were enslaved, because if we weren't enslaved, we'd be back and swinging on trees in Africa. We have these ideologies, these perceptions that benefit the white society. These mindsets that benefit the white society were deliberately indoctrinated into our minds by the white society. It's how they protect themselves from massive unified black retribution. Until we recognize this true war that's been waged against our minds, we will, we will continue to be enslaved by them. There is a war against our mind. Like I said, this, everything I'm saying to you, these are in military doctrines. These are in the CIA, FBI doctrines. They teach all this stuff about socializing the mind of targeted populations. They teach this stuff, and we are under it. And um, when the Tavistock Institute was, was developed, they said they were developed to deal with social problems, social problems within the society. And in 1968, when the African-American population started developing un, unprecedented protests, it was decided that the African-American problem was the exact type of thing that the Tavistock Institute of Human Behavior was developed to address. And they started programming our minds. They recognized in the 1960s that while they had their military weapons, they were able to enslave us and invade us. They were not able to maintain peace with us indefinitely unless our minds were manipulated to think in ways that prevented us from unifying against them. So they started manipulating our minds on this particular program since 1968. We, they're waging a war against black people that most don't understand. But the truth that sets you free is, a, is an accurate understanding of your plight and condition. Once you understand the truth, once you know better, once you know better, you do do better. Once you know your water is poisoned, you stop drinking it. That's that's the part of the human psyche but, out of a necessity to remove yourself from harm, to remove yourself from danger. You react. But you know what though? So what, you know what though? Yes. Yeah. Because some of us, when you know that, when you know better. You do better. Many of us don't want to know. We no, don't know. No, so yeah. Because they've been so socialized, they would rather yeah. they would rather 
uh, not want to know because they know knowing a change has to happen within you. Some yes, are very yes, comfortable yes. And, and, and assured, yes. you know, in their messed up mental state. And they would rather go on because once again, this country perpetuates individualism, individualism, individualism is a European Caucasian Urugu desire, but collectivism is an African necessity, a must, an imperative. You know, we are a collective people, but this program develops individualism, materialism, greed, and violence. And how we operate in this system individually, we're messed up. We're very violent prone. We're very materialistic. We're very greedy. Just has this society in its, in, in its totality uh, perpetuates that it is profound yeah. in us. And every social but, ill but is more profound than us. Even with our programming, but even our programming, black people, uh, white people are the most violent. White people yeah. are the most greedy. Even with our programming, yes. if you, if you yes. say, the, the, group, the group that kills family members for financial gain the most is white people. The group that killed their parents the most is white people. Right. You know, um, the group that killed police officers most is white people. The most violent crimes committed by white people. When you start studying the FBI data, you realize that our society is not functioning based upon reality. We're functioning based upon distorted narratives. Right. This is why social scientists says perception is more important for controlling people than reality, because society functions based upon perception or reality. So the white society feeds narratives into our society that marginalize and denigrates black people and falsely exalt themselves. This creates false assumptions within society that aids in maintaining their social dominance over black people. That's why it says your perception of reality is an elaborate white deception. The black people's matrix is real. That's right. Brother, yeah, very real. Brother Jay. Hey, Elsie, yep. let me pop back and put me on hold. Okay, all right. I'll put you on hold, bro. Yeah. Anybody else you want to get in? Uh, just hit star twice. Go ahead. Go ahead, Brother Franklin. And, you know, and some, some of our people, they have been so demoralized by the white society's depiction of us that they find it literally easier to continue believing the fraudulent worst about ourselves mm-hmm. than to realize that it's a perception management system. The white society benefits most. Think, think for a second. Let's critically think. Those who control our narratives, those who exclusively control our narratives, have the least credibility to do so. They have been denigrating and negative distorting our narratives for 500 years. And those who control our narratives, power over us is made greater when, we, when we're self-loathing and divided. Things, I mean, we don't have to require GD to figure this out. The white man sees this information that shapes our mind to think in ways that benefits himself. Mm-hmm. It's how they protect their nation from, from, um, white, from black retribution and it's how they maintain their social dominance. We have a it's call. Who they are. It's the way they've always been, and it's the only way they know how to be. be. That's the only way they know how to be, brother. Uh, uh, the only way they know how to be. Yes. Uh, brother, brother Paul, is that you from uh, across the pond? Oh, good, good, uh, good morning, um, Baba uh, good, good, good morning to your guests. All right. Go ahead, brother. You're on with Franklin Jones. Yeah, Franklin. It's good to hear you. Good to hear you. That's your brother Paul? Yes, it yeah, is. No, no. You, you, sound, you sound different. Your voice sounds deeper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's me. It's me, brother. You know, okay. you know, I'd like to ask you a question, yeah? Um, what, 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 what stage or what part do you think that we 
as black people bear responsibility for our actions or reactions or even our life? Or what, what, what part would you suggest that we bear I, I that responsibility? That's an, ex- that's an excellent question. And here's what I say. While we are not responsible for the condition that we are placed in, we are 100% responsible to remove ourselves from it. We are 100% responsible to lift ourselves from it. The fact that I point out the war against us is not the attempt to scapegoating. It's the goal to let our people recognize it. Because as long as our people's collective aggressions are faced towards each other, we will never face towards those who are truly programming our minds. But it is our responsibility to liberate ourselves. The white man is doing what, what best his interests. It is our responsibility to recognize what's being done to us and come together. Now, when I was in the military, when we're, when we're in war, um, one of the best ways to um, defeat our enemies was to break up their communication. We would, break, we would prevent them from being able to use the radio to communicate. So our situation for a long time has been the white man's monopoly over our narrative. We can't, uh, he controls our media, and he's able to divide us. Um, those things are real. But the goal is to make our people aware of the war. Now, it's our responsibility. It's our responsibility as parents to, to teach our children true black history. It's our responsibility to learn about how our minds have been socialized and then develop proper kind of strategies against it. Now, I know because we have been socialized to always kind of um, blame ourselves, it may sound as though because I'm showing how the system is attacking us, that I am scapegoating. I am not scapegoating. I'm making our people aware of the war against our mind, and I'm saying it's our responsibility 100% to lift ourselves from it. And the reason uh, yeah, why uh, I break... Go on, go on. Yeah, thank you, thank you for that. Okay, it, uh, and I'm glad, I'm glad you say, say that, and I absolutely agree. It's our, it's our responsibility 100, 1 million percent to um, remove. But do, do, do you accept that there are um, some of us, maybe a great deal of us, who, one... Haven't got that. Haven't got that ability to respond for one reason or the other, um, or two. Um, they just simply don't want to, because the yeah. position they find themselves in suits the, suits their lifestyle, suits them. They don't want yeah. to be removed from that. Mm-hmm. Do, do you accept that or not? Yeah. Yes, but I want to say something about that. When I started studying about how you socialize in mind, I, I've come to realize that people like you and myself. We're the living miracles. We're the living miracles that we have the mental fortitude to see beyond it. But some of our people who have weaker mental fortitude, can you imagine, let's take a second, the, the kid goes to school at five years old. And from the time he's five years old, from the age of five to 18, for eight hours a day, from pre-K to 12th grade, he's been socialized and thinks in ways that benefit the white society. And then when he's not in school, he's watching a white media. And the white media that programs them to think in ways that benefit the white society. So we have to recognize, and here's what I found also. When I take the approach that my, my people are brainwashed, rather than taking the angry stance against him who is, we, I, I may call him to be a corner or whatever, I found that I can, I can reach him better when I address him based upon what I know has been done to his mind, rather than shifting my collective aggressions against him from being a coon, from being a sellout, but from, from defending the white man. I, I instead take the approach where here's what's been done to your mind. I understand that we, people like you and myself, 
you could grow in the same house as Saint with, with your siblings, and they're totally brainwashed, but you are woke. Why is that? Because you, I believe the ancestors protect some of our minds. But at the same time, I recognize the immense war that's being done to our people. Our people go into school totally vulnerable and being taught that Africans come from nothing, that we have no significant history, that we were civilized, we were uncivilized, and we taught this. Right now, we have Africans around the world who graduate from Western schools believing that our people have done nothing to our history. Those who are believing that we are history begun with the white man's invasion because we were in total darkness before the white man came. So when you understand this monopoly over the minds of our people, I think it allows me to, to, to be more, I, I don't get angry. I, I am more saddened by the case. And when I approach them in my conversation, I mean, my dialogue is beneficial because I'm not attacking them. And, and I, I believe in the ancestors. And I, and I believe that this elevated way of thinking benefits me because I'm not attacking rather because I understand the conditions. Well, you know, as far as, as, far as I'm concerned, you know, we, I want to always, always put the blame where it squarely belongs on the European, on the Caucasian, on the Urugu. Yeah. Because they're the ones that created this stuff. They're the ones that maintain yeah. it and perpetuate it. But some yeah. of us, are oh, you always blaming the white man? you damn right. Because the yeah. crux but of the problem, the root of the problem is him. His system, his narratives, he is the root of the problem. And, and, and in order to correct the problem, you've got to get to the root of it and, and, and just eradicate it. But we're afraid to do that because we've been trained to. It's just like yes, some of us, so even to this day, the when there's a conversation, been- when we're having a conversation, and then suddenly we meet, there's a, uh, some Caucasian around, we start whispering, man, I'm going to say what the hell I want to say. I don't give a damn. Who's here? Who's around? Now, you know, you know, Baba Ochi, you know, I hear you, and I hear you loud and clear. But uh, respectfully, I, I, I feel I have a problem with that, and I'm going to explain why I have a problem with that. Okay. No, you know, I, 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 I'd never, I don't know if you smoke or, no, or don't smoke. I don't know if you're a smoker. Okay. But me, personally, I've never, I've never smoked a cigarette or anything in my life. I never, and I never will. Okay. You know, over, over here... But what they do, I don't know if they do this in America, they have cigarette boxes, yeah? And on the cigarette boxes, it says, smoking will kill you. Right. It says right. that on the box. Same and thing. On the box. Same thing has, here. It has pictures. A warning. Yeah, it has mm-hmm. pictures. The worst pictures you can have, pictures of babies who have been poisoned, yellow and gray, and people with their organs, showing you their organs are damaged and stuff. Now, let me tell you this. Right? This is what they have in the box. That's the advertisement. It will kill you. But yet still people still buy that. Right. They buy it. Now why do they buy it? Right? It's not that they don't know it's going to kill them. They know it's going to kill them. They know the damage it's going to do. They absolutely 1 million percent know that they still buy it. Why? Why do they do that? Maybe you can tell that. Let, let, let me allow you. Let me, let me, I hear what you're saying. I want you to think for a second. Now, imagine if you were, there's a billboard. There's a billboard outside your flat. And on that billboard, it's a, it's a, a billboard for smoking. Okay, it's a billboard promoting a cigarette. Now, when you look at that billboard, what you're going to see is going to be a beautiful picture, a glamorous picture with someone with a cigarette. Now, the word with the warning is in fine print and it's to the right on the corner. But the, but, but the most, what they're seeing in advertisement 
is the beautiful image, the glamorous woman or the rugged man, to to just say that, okay, the the, the warning is right there, but to ignore the effect of the glamorous propaganda that's associated with it, it was, it's also unfair. The When you see a TV commercial and you see the smoker, you see the glamorous smoker, whatever, and then at the end is a little fine print, the surgeon general says it can cause health defects on so. To just say, how come to be angry at a person who's not reading those? I, my, I also never smoke. I don't smoke either. Never have smoked. But um, the fine print that's back there versus the advertisement. In America, we had a, a man called the Marlboro Man. And for a long time, they would do the regular commercial with him, with him smoking cigarettes. And he, it, it became this macho, this cowboy thing. Uh, it was really big in the 50s, too, the smoking cigarettes. Now, the fine print on the side, it is there. I admit. But we must, we must acknowledge that the glamorous picture, the sexy picture, is more pervasive than the little fine print on the corner. Well, understand this. Understand this. Cigarette commercials stopped in the early 70s. In the early 70s. I used to know all of the jingles. I used to know all of the commercials. I'm not a smoker. I dabbled in it every now and then. In fact, I'd smoke when I was on the fire department because sometimes a cigarette was a hell of a lot better yeah. than the uh, uh, after the fire was out and all that nasty stuff. But it's it just as bad, though, you know. And then, of course, then the, the anti-smoking commercials started to happen. But the damage was already done. People, and they, and they understood that the, the cigarette companies put nicotine in it. They knew it was addictive. They knew that once you start smoking, you would be hooked, you know. And that's why they knew, too, that the, these anti would start uh, uh, hurting their business. So they began to diversify. But the bottom line was those. And then, of course, they began to export cigarette smoking to other countries, to other countries. You see, so the, the bottom line is, is the insidiousness and the evilness of the uh, of the tobacco growers and the smoking industry. No, they didn't know it when they first started doing it, when there were smoking pipes and so forth you know, way back when, but they began to know that even in the 50s, even when they had doctors who who uh, promoted uh, lucky strikes and, and uh, 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 camels. In fact, they said the camels with this Turkish tobacco, you know, they had doctors promoting it. And so I'm saying is the damage is done, and the bottom line you, is is commercialism, yeah. which, of course, if you want this country. Go ahead, Paul. I'm going to... I'm going to relate that to uh, this condition we've been in for the last two years with the vaccines, yeah? Now, this is the same thing. We absolutely know, most of us know, what these devils have done. They yes. can tell you about Tosa, they can tell you about um, all these, the history of these people. People know what happens in their local hospitals that they don't have our interest in heart. I mean, even in this country, in the east end of London, right, which I grew up in, the east end of London, I used to see white people, like old white people fall over in the street, and the moment you say call the ambulance, they didn't want to go to the hospital. And I always wondered why they, these old white people, don't want to go to their hospitals, right? And someone told me one day, because they know that they're not coming out, right? Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but you hear this everywhere, you know, you go in the hospital, you turn into an organ donor, and you're dead. The bottom line is, these people last two years have come with their madness, that this thing they call the pandemic which is really a plan to kill black people and kill off the people there. But yet, but yet the majority of us run out and took these toxins, right? So, at the end of the day, seriously, man, I mean, this, these last two years have shown me something because I even saw intelligent, what I thought was intelligent people 
right? Defending this nonsense. I saw that. I heard that. Right? Intelligent people. All I thought was intelligent. Defending this madness. Right? When these yeah. people, they, I, I always say this unreservedly, right? These people, for the last two years, have shown us how they plan to kill us. They were given up. And even people who claim they love their children are still taking these children, their children they claim to love, to these devils. Right? This is what's happening right now. And don't tell me they don't know, because they do know, but they still do it. So I have to accept, right, that you, you, you talked about, you talked about uh, being addicted to what? Because, you know, we're addicts. We're addicted to this devil. We're addicted. We're, you know, this addiction is worse than crack cocaine. Yeah. We are absolutely addicted, some of us, to this devil. Right. We love the poison he gives us. We love the alcohol, the, the tobacco, every, every, any, every nonsense he gives us, we're addicted to it. We're like crack addicts, but it's nonsense. Yeah. And, you know, what, how do you recover a crack addict? And that's how we need to recover. If you can cure a crack addict, then that's what we need to do. And, and I agree with you, Brother Franklin. Yes, all that you suggest, the social science, and all their methods, absolutely. But at the end of the day, we are addicted to this devil's madness. We're addicted. It's clear to see. Absolutely clear. Most of us are addicts. We are in a shame base of life. Yeah, we are, because we should right. be ashamed of ourselves because we're so addicted. The ones who are given melanin, protection against the sun, caretakers of the earth, addicted to this right. devil. A shame based of life. That's what we are. Right on, right on, Paul. Reason, Go ahead, brother. I want to say something. The, uh, I, I hear the word um, addiction, and I understand it's frustrating because I've been around those kind of people too. But uh, there is one fact that shows it's not fully an addiction because it's constantly being reapplied. If the, program, the programming is being constantly reapplied upon our minds 24-7, and they spend billions of dollars in a propaganda campaign controlling our minds, now, the idiotic things our people do, like trusting with the COVID. Now, we know that the white society has never earned the blind trust of black, um, of black people. It's never. But our black, you have these black people insisting that we get the COVID shot. Why? Because they have been socialized to revere the white man. They've been brainwashed. Now, we know brainwashing is real when you look at Christianity. The church, the, the way that the Christianity was introduced to Africans, totally disqualified it from being the true words of God. It was introduced to Africans who had beaten mercilessly into the minds of our ancestors. It was written by ungodly Romans that engaged in homosexuality, bestiality, sodomy, and death sports. And the Bible strongly condoned slavery. Even the man in charge of writing the Bible, Constantine, refused to convert into a Christian, even on his deathbed. All of these facts totally disqualified the Bible from being the true words of God. But because our people are so socialized and brainwashed, they're, they're not functioning based upon facts. They're going to continue that condition. I don't want to hear nothing you have to say. That same idiotic brainwashing towards you through the Christianity, it happens in other areas also. When people are brainwashed to believe something, rationality go, goes out the window. They just believe it. And they become frustrated or angry at those who are trying to free their minds. Now, this is the reality, and I understand the frustration, especially when you love your people. But the the goal is to just continue. What I learned from uh, I learned from, from the white man's propaganda, and it's difficult because I'm black and I love my people, so it's hard not to get emotional. But I remember when I was being taught propagandists in the military, they said the propagandist doesn't get into debate, doesn't argue, 
He just keeps spreading his propaganda. He just keeps spreading his propaganda. He doesn't worry about who, does, who disagree or who likes it or what. He just keeps spreading it, spreading it, and spreading it. And don't get – it's hard not to get emotional when you see all people are so confused. For example, me here in America, it's frustrating when I see black people insisting that we, that we made the N-word ours, nigger. I know we didn't. It's, just, it's frustrating seeing black men insisting calling our women bitches and hoes. Because I know it's a result of negative social engineering. But what I do, instead of that, allowing that to create frustration, which only harms my essence and shortens my life, I just take, I do the best I can not to become emotional. Just as I was taught in the military of how you don't be emotional, I try to pull back and just spread the truth, spread the truth, spread the truth. And the truth is we must, we must educate we must elevate our people's minds in order to free our people. And what we must do is to recognize when we get angry at our people, you know, I imagine that as this, a, a man gets his leg broken and now he's limping all the time. And now I'm mad at him for limping. Hmm. I cannot be mad at him for limping when I know how his leg was broken. I know who broke his bones. I know how his bones were repeatedly broken. So I'm not condoning him to, from limping. But I understand why he's limping. I understand why he's limping. So I move forward with my people from a position of love, never anger. I'm only anger at the white man's brainwashing of my people. I'm only angered at the state of my people. But I'm never angered with my people. Even the coons, when I see the coons who love white people, talk, I understand how his mind came to that place. And I found it benefits me not being angered, not, not attacking him, but recognizing him as a person who has been affected by the brainwashing. And, he, and I found that he's more receptive to me when I do that. When, and so I keep that position. Yeah. I'm not hating him. I'm not fighting him. I'm not angry at him. I see him as a victim of a brainwashing system. But he's responsible to lift himself from it. Well, listen, brother, we are running out of time. Uh, for those, Paul and Jay and Brother Research West or anybody else, Baba, if you want to uh, talk, hit start twice right now and get some a last question or a last comment before we, we go off, hit start twice right now. Hit start twice right now and you'll get in. If not, all right, Brother Paul, go ahead. Yes, absolutely. You know, uh, your contribution, um, Brother Franklin, is absolutely valued, and it's uh, absolutely necessary. Um, you, you know, at some time, at some point, we're going to have to build that responsibility for taking action. And as a military man, you could, you, you're going to understand more than most that what action sometimes is necessary. And I always yeah. have a problem when people talk about not being emotional, because... For me, I interpret the, 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 that word emotional as being energy in motion. And if, you, if you're not energy in motion, then you're, you're, you're flatlining. Hmm. And if you're flatlining, that means you haven't got a pulse. And if you haven't got a pulse, that means you're dead. So I don't have a problem being emotional. It's how you're driving that emotion, how that emotion is being driven. Because they seem to, we seem to more than ever have a problem with each other being emotional. And they have a problem with us being emotional. Mm -hmm. Because that emotion frightens us, frightens them. So, you know, and the only thing I, I leave you with, uh, Baba Ochi, uh, what does Boogie Woogie mean? Oh, Boogie Woogie. <laughs> 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 Brother, Brother Jay, Boogie Woogie was a dance. 
that we created, the Boogie Woogie. That was a dance, <laughs> just like the Boogaloo. That was hey, another bro, dance. Don't you hear me? Yeah, I got you. I got your research, uh, Wes. Go ahead. Yes, sir. I just want to say, Franklin Jones, man, there's a lot of information these devils can hear from us, man. For instance, yes. the Bible. It's 45 yes. more books that the damn Bible can hear from us. They left us with yes. curses, man. Yes. So me, yes. I, I'm, on, I'm on the quest to find out the shit that they hear from us, man. So yes. therefore, I ain't getting mad at nothing that's going on now. It's all a joke. We got the ass, man. Simply as that. They can't hide the truth, man. The okay. truth is coming out on the told- ass every day. Okay. I want to close with something. I know we're out of time. Appreciate one more thing. Before I go, one more thing. Oh, so I appreciate that about that water machine, man. That's yeah. right on the money, man. Yeah. And they uh, got water you can put in your car, too, man. Hey. Well, go ahead, Frank. Okay, go I ahead. Hey, hey, listen. In, in regards to that water, in regards to that water machine, it's very interesting to me that over the last month or so, that water machine been in the news. And the people in Jackson, Mississippi, in the government, and all of that know about that water machine, and they know the crisis that's been going on in Jackson, Mississippi. My question is, why they ain't got that machine there already? It's in the or works. Or other machines that's yeah. out there like that. We really got to ask ourselves yeah. these questions. Are these people really about our survival? Well, you know, that's the question that really needs to be asked. Because let me let me tell you something. I think the we're out of time. That, the circles that the mayor running, he know about that machine. Believe me, he know about it. He probably know about it before we did. Yeah. And the bottom the line is, for years. he shouldn't have already made the call and have already had something like that set up in place because there's been a crisis going on with Mississippi, Jackson, Mississippi water for, for the years. last couple of years. For years. So Same thing with Flint really and many other places. thinking about that. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Uh, anybody else? Go ahead, uh, Brother Frank. Yeah, like close to, us I like out. I like saying closing. Brother close us out. I'd like to say uh, never underestimate the power of planting the truth in the fertile mind. If there was not truth and speak, there was no power in speaking truth to the enemy, they wouldn't have killed Dr. King. They wouldn't have killed Marcus Garvey. I mean, they wouldn't have um, um, deported Marcus Garvey. They, they would not have killed Stephen Vico. They would not have killed Dr. King. When you are speaking truth to the masses of our people, it does do something. Don't never underestimate it. Speaking the truth, our power. If it wasn't truth, if, if there was no power in it, the white man wouldn't work so hard. To stop it from being spread and work and kill those who speak it. So there's power in the truth. Yep. Keep speaking it, brother. All of us keep speaking it. I appreciate all of you guys. Thank you so much. We in this pro- we in this program like we in all of our programs with the words of Stephen Biko. The most potent weapon in the hands of the oppressor is the minds of the oppressed. This program is dedicated and committed to helping to free. The African mind, but not just the M-I-N-D, but the M-I-N-E, because under the feet of African people lies all of the resources that everybody wants, think they can't do without, and they sure in the hell don't want to pay for. Brothers and sisters, you have a blessed and wonderful day. Shim Hotel means go in peace. Asante Sana means thank you. Bibi Vahodier, Bibi Vahodier means our victorious destiny. Brothers and sisters, we will be victorious. You have a blessed and wonderful day. Hope to see you on Friday, family. Also, too, Brother Kwaku, 
Shout out to him. He got the information to uh, the brother Lumumba, uh, the mayor of Jackson, and uh, and and Deion Sanders. So we, I want to thank him for that. 